0: Everyone, Drew DeLuca here from QB List. Sammy Osawa from QB List, and we're live in Vegas at the NFL Draft.
1: All right, we're going to do a first round reaction uh, for uh, the NFL Draft. Uh, we'll start with the first overall pick, which was Trayvon Walker to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we—he was Trayvon was not here in Vegas with us. Um, there was a lot of back and forth in the in the. Uh, Jacksonville front office about who uh, the first pick was going to be. The common consensus was that Trayvon was going to be the selection, uh, and that's indeed exactly what happened. So, uh, Sam, you and I were talking about this before about whether or not that was even the best pick at the position, um, and wondering why Jacksonville didn't trade down for really literally anything they could get if they couldn't even agree the, who the pick should be.
0: Yeah, uh, Aiden Hutchinson is another prospect at defensive end this year who seemed to have a higher floor. He was significantly more productive in college. Trayvon was a bit of a tweener. They weren't sure if he was an inside or outside guy. And his pass rush win rate was relatively low, especially for someone going one overall. So he seemed like a lot more of a project than Aiden Hutchinson. Obviously, the Jaguars see him as a projectable. He's a freakish athlete. He runs a 4.58 at six five two seventy two. 272. So you can understand uh, athletically why he could be a number one overall selection, but when you've got Aiden Hutchinson, who has a higher floor, a similar ceiling, Daniel Jeremiah called him a Pro Bowler day one. Uh, it's it's hard for me to understand how the Jags landed on this pick, but it's been a confusing offseason for the Jags with the Christian Kirk contract at eighty four million, and it's a it's a trend at this point. Yeah,
1: you feel for the Jaguars and for Trevor Lawrence. You, you give one hundred million dollars to Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, and uh, you, you know, and then you have this. Lack of consensus on who the top pick in the draft should be. So hopefully Jag- the Jaguars are able to turn things around quickly. Do agree completely. Uh, Hutchinson probably would be the, the no-brainer, uh, the high upside, low, low uh, high floor, low risk player to take there. At the better and a better one at the position. So, uh, any moving on to second, we we have Hutchinson there. Uh, terrific pick there. A local kid from Michigan, grew up a Wolverines fan. Now stays in the mitten of Detroit and gets to play for the hometown Detroit Lions. Uh, he was beaming in the, in the conference room, uh, you know, being able to play for the Lions. And uh, it was, it was a pleasure to, to, to meet him. You could just feel his energy. Uh, it was, it was really cool, pretty cool uh, to, to kind of take in the experience with him.
0: Yeah. The Lions, they, they couldn't run faster to the podium with this pick. Once the Trayvon Walker came in, it, there wasn't even a, it felt like less than a minute by the time the pick was in for the Lions, because they were ecstatic to have Aiden Hutchinson on the board. As you said, a hometown kid. He grew up 30 minutes from there, and the guy's just a natural leader. And that's not even mentioning the record-breaking sacks he had the season he had at Michigan, where they finally broke through and beat the the vaunted Ohio State Buckeyes. But uh, <laughs> Aiden Hutchinson, this is a home run pick for them, the Lions. I'm sure early in the draft season didn't think they'd even get a chance at Hutchinson. And I actually had a good interview with Hutchinson the day before the draft, and he mentioned that he he only spoke to the top four teams. Throughout the draft, the rest of the teams didn't even bother because everybody knew Aiden Hutchinson was a bona fide top pick, was not even going to fall, but fell to two. And I think Hutchinson's happy about it. I think the Lions are ecstatic, and it's a great fit. You know, the Lions aren't going to compete right away, but Hutchinson's a he's a building block. And if you're trusting Daniel Jeremiah, and I trust him more than myself when it comes to scouting, Hutchinson could be a Pro Bowler day one. So time will tell.
1: Yep, great pick. A third, we had the Houston Texans on the clock. They took Derek Stingley Jr. uh, from LSU, which is an interesting pick. Uh, No one would have batted an eye at this selection about a year or two ago. Uh, Stingley's stock was very, very high, and it kind of really slipped inexplicably. um, Pretty low um, for quite a while there, and he enjoyed a late rebound. Uh, in his draft stock uh, on draft day in particular, he seemed to rise from, you know, top 10 to potential uh, whispers of him going in the top five. So I was surprised by this. Uh, that when we were in the media workroom, there was a was a collective ooh, kind of a thing. That I don't think people expected. Uh, we heard the whispers. We heard the rumors. We didn't expect them to really pull the trigger here. I think a lot of us were thinking that they might go for uh, you know top, one of the top three offensive tackles um, um, amongst
0: other picks. Yeah, it seemed to be consensus that Sauce Gardner was the top corner. He had been rising through the last year and into and through the draft process. So there was some buzz about Stingley jumping up to the Texans at three, but definitely audible gasps and still kind of uh, reconciling it. I will say, I mean, Stingley was uh, he was a premium recruit out of high school and he performed throughout his time at LSU. I know he had some injury issues over the last two years, but he'll be forever compared to Sauce Gardner, the guy that ended up going next. But uh Time will tell on Stingling. All right. Sauce Gardner, like you mentioned, next to the New York Jets at four.
1: Uh, I had him mocked to the very next pick to the Giants, and I had Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, Thibodeau to uh, the Jets. So they actually flip-flopped from what we had predicted, what I had predicted there for there. Uh, but Sauce, was, uh, Sauce is, is a pretty cool cat. He's, uh, he was uh, he, There's no doubt uh, the, the kid's full of confidence. Uh, he's definitely not locking in that category. Uh, he walks in the room with it. He carries it with him. Uh, he was just a standout in Cincinnati. Shut down corner. I don't believe he, I don't think he allowed a touchdown his entire career, which is remarkable. Um and uh hats off to Sauce for going fourth overall. Um it was thrilled to sit in that press conference. Um what are your takeaways there with uh, Sauce Gardner?
0: Yeah, Sauce came in with the uh, the bottled sauce and diamond form <laughs> around his neck, and uh, like you said, not lacking confidence, but at the same time he really balanced himself really well and came across humble and understanding of uh, what's expected of him and what he wants to do with his career. Going into the big apple, there were some questions even of his marketing team as to what sort of sauces sauce may be selling on the market (laughs) as a player, though, he's six, three, he's physical. He, he played press almost throughout his time. He played really tight as a physical corner and he kind of has a slim frame. So Mm -hmm. there's some question as to whether he'll be able to continue that in the NFL, but I, the projection is a. it's hard to really doubt what Sauce may do. I mean, he should be a day one starter and has the potential to even step into some all-pro type conversations. I mean, there were comps around Sherman and Darrell Rivas even. Um, but it's looking up for Sauce, and the Jets must be ecstatic that he fell to four there. Yeah, it was pretty pretty cool to, in, in the press conference. Uh, I sat actually
1: directly behind uh, Adam Pac-Man jones who now does some media things uh, with Sirius XM, and I think he has his own thing going there. Um, and he had some great questions for, for sauce. Um, and it was kind of cool to see that the two of them riffing back and forth. Um, but uh, yeah, you got the sense that uh, he, he understands the stage that he's stepping onto. He understands the shoes and the expectations that he's going to be placed on him in New York. And the fact that he's going to be compared not only uh, to Stingley, but also to Darrell, Darrell Ravis, uh, the the great uh, uh, longtime Jets corner uh, who, um, Will no doubt serve as a mentor in some capacity uh, to sauce as he continues uh, in, in his next stage uh, in his, of his, career, his football career. So moving on, number five, Kayvon Thibodeau uh, to Oregon. Uh, this is an interesting pick. It's a great pick by, by, the, by the Giants. Uh, I think if you went uh, start of the 2021 college season, you asked people uh, around the league, scouts, who's the top player in this draft, a lot of them would have pointed to Kayvon Thibodeau and as, the, as the guy who should go number one overall. So for the Giants to end up with a player who's no less talented than he was then uh, at the five spot is just an absolute coup. Uh, So the city of New York uh,
0: and North Jersey should should be quite happy with the the series of events here in the first round so far. Yeah, certainly going into the year, like you said, I mean, Miles Garrett comparisons, very simple for Kayvon Thibodeau. He's a freak athletically. He's got the size, the speed, the strength that you, any team would love to have. He has had some, uh, Personality wise, he's definitely, he's got a lot of charisma, you know, he's, uh, quite confident. Uh, he was questioned during the press conferences about what he'll miss about college. <laughs> and he ended up saying that, uh, the one thing he won't miss is playing for free. So he's the kind of guy who he knows his worth. He's going to come in right away and make a difference for the giants. And, uh, I'd be afraid if I was a quarterback in the NFC East. Yeah. So I grew up an Eagles
1: fan, still am an Eagles fan today and enjoy, uh, uh, Watching them play, obviously, but I'm not going to enjoy them uh, watching them play against Thibodeau. He is a he is a tremendous talent, uh, and he is
0: going to wreck a lot of backfields and uh, destroy uh, a lot of quarterbacks, <laughs> unfortunately. Thibodeau yeah. was under such a microscope through the draft process. It feels like almost similar to Stingley that they've been around so long and been a top prospect so long that they may have been excessively nitpicked. So, Agreed. Looking back on this draft, I would not be surprised if Kayvon Thibodeau is the number one player.
1: Yeah, he's a tremendous talent. Uh, moving on to number six. Uh, Kwanu, uh, Nikki Kwanu from, uh, North Carolina state went to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, there was a lot of speculation here that the Panthers would take Malik Willis, uh, or perhaps another quarterback, or maybe even, uh, I thought that they might trade down, uh, to particularly get, to potentially get the quarterback that they, uh, desperately need. Uh, but they, to their credit kind of stayed there. They had a plan and that was to get one of the top three uh, tackles in the draft and they got their choice. Uh, Kwanu was was, he was great. Uh, really enjoyed um, talking with him and, and meeting him uh, it, in the press conference room there. He was, uh, uh, there's a little girl there that was uh, asking some questions, which was really cool for her to have that experience to be there. And she was very gracious with her. Um, but he, he had all the right answers to all the questions. He has the right attitude, the right mindset. Uh, and he, I'm just a huge fan of his game. He is so physical in the run, in the run game. He just absolutely bullies people. Uh, so, uh, Christian McCaffrey has to be smiling from ear to ear today. Um, that, that's going to really help get him back on track. Um, and uh, the, it was an important building piece. Apparently, the Panthers have a lot of holes. And the reason why I was surprised they didn't trade down is because they don't have a second or third round pick to fill all those holes. So I kind of expected them to trade down. So,
0: um, But I think it's the right guy for that spot for them. Agreed. It's a major building block for the Panthers. and. Time will tell what will happen with their quarterbacks, whether Baker Mayfield may end up in the picture here with the draft picks they have, or if they want to trade up or even wait and just roll another year of Sam Darnold. But what we saw mm. from, <laughs> likewise, <laughs> but what we saw from Icky, I mean, he's a, he's a very confident guy. He came in, he seemed also very humble and understanding of who he is and what he needs to be. Like you'll see with a lot of the linemen in this class, they're mature beyond their years. You know, they're not coming in with any sort of, diva mentalities they uh they're workers and Icky will get to work right away as a premium lineman in the nfl
1: speaking of which evan neal was was definitely all business and uh definitely putting his best foot forward there for the new york giants at the seventh overall pick and a lot of people had evan neal as the best offensive lineman uh in the draft and a couple of people um know having the conversation for potentially worthy of the top overall pick um that would not i would not have batted an eye if someone were to trade up and take him one overall uh, obviously, it did not happen. Again, the Giants getting tremendous value in the seven picks. So you have two, the Giants set up with two players at, at picks five and seven that you could make a legitimate case for being the first pick overall. So Giants fans, you have every reason to be celebrating today. Um, as an Eagles fan, I don't like it, but I'm happy for you. So congratulations
0: on getting a great player in Alabama's Evan Neal. Agreed. And he's a behemoth, 6'7", 337. Evan Neal is going to be going against Kayvon Thibodeau in training camps, and I'd love to see that take. Those two are going to be... They're going to be a force to be reckoned with for years to come.
1: And I think it was Neil that said, they asked him what it's going to be like to go against each other in practice. He said, iron sharpens iron. And he's exactly right. And that's just going to make the two of those great talents even better. Uh, Number eight, Drake London, uh, the first wide receiver taken off the board from USC goes to the Atlanta Falcons. Um, just as what I mocked, actually, I'm not kidding. We actually did mock Drake London there. And if you do read some of the tree leaves, uh, the, the tea leaves, <laughs> not the tree leaves, the tea leaves, <laughs> you see where these guys smoking the tree. Leaves. Yeah, right. I know <laughs> uh, the tea, the tea leaves, and you see where um, uh, the the top 30 visits and the, the the combine meetings and things like that. So I, I use that to kind of inform the the process by which I put together my mock draft. And uh, there were a lot of signs that pointed to the Falcons taking Drake London here. And he was very high on their board. Uh, That's indeed what happened. So um, I think the consensus was that Garrett Wilson, potentially some, some of us like myself, I uh, think Trayvon, uh, Traylon Burks is the best overall talent in this draft. Although I, no, no disrespect to Garrett Wilson, he's a tremendous route runner, a great player. Uh, definitely surprised a lot of people that Drake London went there, but he's 6'4", huge,
0: huge receiver, very physical. Um, so he um, was an interesting interview so yeah i'd yeah. say uh we had multiple chances to speak with drake london through the process and i'd like to qualify some of this analysis as uh this is our first year at the draft and interviewing prospects but drake london was a bit combative in trying to understand where he is as a player whether some people were trying to classify him as a physical receiver and he multiple times claimed he had no weakness in his game he's known to be a bit lacking in speed he uh Drake London is obviously a big physical receiver. You know, he's going to be a jump ball guy day one. I think obviously the Falcons picking an eight. They're going to be, they've got quite a plan for him. So it'll be interesting to see how Drake London handles adversity in the NFL. He's a guy who came on late in his college career, had a thousand yard season. So really burst onto the scene, but relatively to the rest of the prospects we saw, seemed either a little, either immature or lacking an understanding of, maybe his own weaknesses and things he needed to work on. So it'll be interesting to see Drake London's career with the Falcons, what they end up doing at the quarterback position too. Obviously Kyle Pitts there, he'll be sharing targets with him. And who will be throwing the ball? Marcus Mariota right now to be determined after that though.
1: Yeah. I, that's my biggest takeaway that I had written down for, for Drake London is that Kyle Pitts won't get three or targets anymore. Yeah. So, <laughs> so now he has, to, he has to share the ball a little bit, but you know, I, there's not a whole lot of there. and there's all the minds and is, I guess. And that's, about it. Sure. Um, in the passing game with a uh, with the uh, unfortunate uh, uh, Calvin Ridley situation. Uh, number nine, Charles Cross goes to the Seattle Seahawks. The third of what I had this the three top tier offensive line offensive tackles in this draft. Uh, Mississippi State product. Uh, good, to, uh, good to see Coach Mike Leach in the hallway there. He was yeah. there to support his guy. Um, Mike Leach lounging. So, with his... <laughs> yeah. I, my, own, my one regret about this is not I'm not going up and asking him some just some random questions about things, and just letting him just go off on some tangent. He, he's a legendary interview. So of course, yeah. a deep
0: passion for ghosts and a and guy candy. Who, <laughs> he was very relaxed when we saw him back there. He was uh, his back, I think, was on the cushion that you normally would put your butt on. So <laughs> he was uh, very laid back. But Charles Cross, he came in with. Uh, a black Mamba on his lapel and spoke about his Mamba mentality is just general competitiveness. And like the rest of the linemen, we just spoke all business. You know, he, uh, it, this is another team just like the Panthers where you have so many holes on the team. You really just need to start building. And a strong offensive tackle to start is a perfect building
1: block for any team. Yeah. The Seahawks have been needing uh, offensive line help for years and they fought, they got a real, a real, real, very, very good one here. I got a real one in Charles, Claw, Charles Cross there. So um, number number ten pick there was Garrett Wilson. We had mocked him to the Jets, or I'd mocked him to the Jets, and um, I was impressed with the humble nature uh, that he kind of carried himself with. So um, he's a tremendous, tremendous talent. Uh, Sporting the pearls, he said he, did. he asked. He was asked why with the pearls. He said, "I just like them. I just like pearls." He said,
0: "Pearls should become a bigger thing."
1: So, so I mean, he, he's a guy that he just he does his thing. So, but. Um, that, that humble nature really kind of belies the competitive fire that he, that really burns the side of him. It's obvious from watching him play that he's such a competitor uh, and he works so hard at his game and he's a, a gifted athlete. So tremendous, great body control um, ter- terrific route runner. Um, and uh, as an Ohio state guy, I'm sure you, you could continue to sing his praises. So go
0: for it. Yeah. Garrett Wilson. <laughs> I mean, he's a, was a five-star recruit, number one receiver out of high school, had the rare starring role at Ohio state as a freshman and, his route running is so unbelievably fluid. It's one of those things that's better seen than spoken of. So I'm sure it'll jump off the screen. If you ever take a look at his tape, he runs sub four, four. And though he is listed at six foot, he plays a lot larger than that. He's a yard after catch threat. And although I may be biased, I think Garrett Wilson is the top wide receiver talent of this group. And they're drafting him to pair with their young quarterback, Zach Wilson. And, it's the it's the ideal role, you know. Wilson could be a fantasy boom this year. It will be interesting to see. I think uh, he has some of the highest upside of anyone drafted in fantasy safety this round.
1: Yeah, Jets fans are open for a Wilson-to-Wilson connection for years to come. And uh, moving on, number 11, Chris Olave from Ohio State again. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the, well, if you can put the day <laughs> in there. Go for it. It's okay. <laughs> and... Uh, so. Uh, he uh Sammy talked to him about, talk to us about Olave. I know you got a chance to really speak with him at length uh, on what was it Wednesday right Yeah. Craft,
0: mm-hmm. So yeah, they had some prospect availability that day and Chris Olave is an unbelievably laid back guy, very modest, very humble, one of those happy to be there guys who is kind of the antithesis of your diva wide receiver. He uh, is always sporting a smile, always kind and generous. Chris Olave, I I really can't say enough good things about him. And you can really understand how Olave went from being a star number one wide receiver to kind of seeding a little bit with Garrett Wilson and Jackson Smith and Jigba as his time went on through Ohio state. But. Olave went through multiple quarterbacks at Ohio state. He showed an adaptability a versatility and his route running is second to none in this draft. And he runs a four, three, eight, I believe. So I I will have to qualify that he's not much a yard after catch guy, but he's one of those people where if he gets that starting role for the saints day one, he should have a solid four for fifty floor on a weekly basis, and that's not even to mention if he breaks one over the top, which I think he will quite consistently, assuming they get the right quarterback. And Jameis may be that guy because he's a deep ball thrower and Alave really knows how to get behind defenses. Yeah. But there's a there's a lot up in the air with who knows what to expect from Michael Thomas there as well. But Alave mm-hmm. should be a solid floor player, and the Saints clearly coveted him. Yeah, I think I think uh, I think it's a great fit there with Jameis Winston. I
1: think Jameis Winston shows throws. Uh, Low key, one of the best deep balls of anyone in the NFL, and know that seems to be a you know a little bit of an out there statement, but he really does. He throws a terrific deep ball, and I can see him pairing very well uh, with Alave there, uh, and having Michael Thomas on the other side who does a lot of other things very very well. Um, that's that, that could
0: be that could be a dangerous offense. Could be a premium balance, and you For look sure. at what the Saints traded through this uh, draft process from sending next year's first. The year after, second, all to the Eagles and then trading up again this year. It's very clear that Olave was a big target for them, and they come home with their guys. So I think they'll have big plans for him right away.
1: Yeah, that was a, I will say that I was, uh, I had Olave going a, a little bit later in the first round. So it was a surprise to me that he went that high, but it was not a surprise to a lot of experts and scouts. So number 12, James, uh, Jameson Williams. Um, not a surprise that a team traded up to get him. We had kind of mocked that to happen. And and uh, the surprise but it was, is that it was the Detroit, Detroit Lions that went up and got him. And uh, we had thought perhaps it would be the Kansas City Chiefs or perhaps maybe even the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, but here we go. The, the Lions taking Jamison Williams, an Alabama uh, player, who was another Ohio State product.
0: Yeah, a guy who came up through Ohio State and was buried in the depth chart behind the guys who were picked right in front of him. So uh, the... Uh... The fact that Wilson, Olave go right in front of Williams, uh, it should be familiar to the depth chart of Ohio State as to how we saw it. But Jameson's a, a great speed threat. You know, people were slotting him into the Chiefs, just filling that Tyree Hill void. But he's coming off an ACL injury that he just had in January. So he may not be there to start the year. My guess is it may not be till midseason till we see him. But this is a Lions team that likely isn't competing this year, as we saw earlier with their pick. and. Um, they have the luxury of being able to wait. So the more you look at it, the more it makes sense for the Lions. And I don't think anyone's dating, doubting Jameson Williams's talent. And it makes me curious to see where he would have gone if he was healthy, because there's some win now teams ahead of him mm-hmm. that would have coveted that speed. It's hard to find.
1: Yeah, It says a lot about the player when you have multiple teams that want to draft up to get him when he's recovering from a torn ACL. I mean, that's, that speaks a lot about him as a, as, as a person, but also as obviously as a player and what he brings to the table. So uh, the Lions have to be happy uh, with their long-term selection. They're having that fifth-year option there uh, for Jamison Williams, is, is I think, is a key there, and really kind of helps them pull the trigger there to make that deal for a guy coming off a major injury. Uh, number thirteen, Jordan Davis, um, to the Philadelphia Eagles, who traded up to get him. Um, Davis is a he's a, he's a he's a, a really cool character. I'll tell you, he uh, just just in his presence, walking into the room, he just he's just a phenomenal uh, human being you can just tell cuz he just bleeds he just kind of bleeds it out of his every every uh, every pore you can tell uh, so he uh, had a red stripe come, coming in across his uh, his uh, suit for uh, the I guess to represent the Georgia Bulldogs uh, but that uh, that red's going to soon turn to midnight green um davis is uh, what 340 some pound player right and, 341 and i'm gonna right. let you
0: wax poetic here, as this is your team
1: uh yeah as an eagles <laughs> fan i was happy to see this pick uh he i was high on davis to to coming into today i did not expect the eagles to get him but i kind of thought that might be a possibility with with uh, fletcher cox being released earlier in the year then brought back on a more team friendly deal you know his days are numbered there uh also hargreave Davon hargreave is uh Free, uh, free agent after 2023. So um, there's going to be turnover in the very near future at a very, very key position. That's always kind of been a trademark of the Eagles is to have a dominant defensive line, uh, or at least def- a defensive rotation there. Uh, and Jordan Davis, uh, not only is he a, just a guy who just eats up blockers, not only is he a guy who can stop the run, he runs a 4-7-40. The guy can move. He runs faster than Kenny Pickett. We'll get to it in a minute who has above-average quickness and agility for a quarterback as it is. So this guy can really literally do it all. So I'm really looking
0: forward to seeing uh, what he can do uh, as a member of the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, you've got to be ecstatic with Davis. Is a freakish talent. I mean, it's the kind of measurables that you, only, you can only dream about. It's the kind of guy you create in Madden that you can't find in real life. <laughs> the size and speed combo is literally absurd. And his charisma filled the room everywhere he went. The guy was holding court you could feel that he's someone that people will rally around and you put that right in the middle of your defense and you've got to be ecstatic at where that takes you. I will say there is a bit of a qualifier in the sense that he played limited snaps at Georgia. I believe it was around 20 or so snaps a game. So I don't know if it's a conditioning issue or just the role he was in, but it'll be interesting to see how many snaps he will be getting in on the Eagles, but as a premium run stopper, you got to be ecstatic to find Jordan Davis at 13.
1: Oh yeah. And I, I I have a feeling that he'll, the Georgia
0: boat raced a lot of teams last year. Let's be, be real. True. And
1: uh, I have a feeling he'll be playing a lot more, uh, many more snaps for the Philadelphia Eagles in 2022 and beyond. Kyle Hamilton uh, from Notre Dame goes 14 to the Baltimore Ravens, a guy that Kyle Hammond, and I thought the Eagles might potentially, <laughs> excuse me, go after, but goes to Baltimore. Interesting uh, move by them. They uh, get, uh, another strong safety at uh, ed, ed reed he mentioned as a guy he uh, admired and kind of likes to pattern his game after um hamilton uh, was a great interview he uh, was very uh, very uh, adept on his feet uh, in the press conference room just as he is on the field um enjoyed interacting with him um it was funny because uh, as his interview was going on he was asked he goes i guess like, i hate the pittsburgh steelers now and uh as he was speaking or as he was going on with the interview process, Kenny Pickett was selected by the Pittsburgh Steelers while we we're there in the conference room with him. And uh, I was able to ask him, what did, uh, what what do you have to say to Pittsburgh Steelers uh, quarterback, Kenny Pickett, who was just selected with their first round pick. And so well, I can't wait to pick him off. So he's just, <laughs> he's just, he's just, he's just so great on his feet. Uh, he, and uh, he was a great interview, And uh, it was, it was really cool to catch up with him. Uh, he's he, a tremendous, tremendous talent. Some people had him right rated. Uh, as uh, none of the best safety uh, in the draft, but the best defensive player, which uh, which speaks volumes for his ability. Uh, and there were rumors of him going into top five as recently as a few weeks ago. And for the Baltimore Ravens to get him to 14 is uh,
0: well done on their part. Yeah, of the players we interviewed too, Kyle Hamilton came across arguably the greatest of anyone we saw in terms of just, like you said, maturity, adaptability. He's a guy who uh, he knows who he is and what he needs to do. And He's a leader. You know, you could feel it from the start. He's a guy who was bright and it makes sense given his background. He was actually born overseas in Crete and then moved to Russia and then to Georgia. So mm-hmm. adaptability is really within everything he does. There's some, uh, some people worried about his speed, his ability to cover deep uh, just given his 40 times, I believe he ran a four fives at the combine and four sevens in his pro day, but he's a guy who played faster. He's mm-hmm. versatile. He can, play up towards the line and he's a, he's a weapon for the Ravens and he'll be compared to Ed Reed throughout his time there. So large shoes to fill in that sense. But I think Kyle Hamilton's a day one above average player with pro ball potential. Oh yeah. The Ravens should be very excited about getting a 14.
1: Yeah. I have high expectations for Hamilton. He's going to be a heck of a player. Kenyon green 15, <laughs> excuse me to the Houston Texans, Texas A&M product. He, uh, he can play more than one position on well, play multiple positions on the offensive line. So that's that's good news for the Houston Texans. They kind of do some different things with him, putting him where they need him most. Uh, Some people thought it was a little early for Kenyon Green, uh, but I don't think anyone doubts that he's a first-round talent.
0: Agreed. And as you'll see with the rest of this round, uh, some of these interior linemen went a little higher than people anticipated, and it speaks to a growing trend in the NFL of uh, these freakish athletic defensive tackles like Jordan Davis coming up, and the rarity of people on the offensive line you can get to Play in front of them and hold them up if uh, slow them down may be a better way of saying it. But uh, Kenyon Green, a, a solid pick here. Like you said, it may have been a reach on some boards, but they got the guy they wanted, and he's going to be a starter there day one.
1: All right. Now, moving on to 16, Washington Commanders select Jahan Dotson with a pick that changed hands a lot of times. First it was the Indianapolis Colts pick, then it was the Philadelphia Eagles pick, then it was the New Orleans Saints pick, and finally, Washington settled in, traded down to this pick to select.
0: Jahan Dotson. Uh, One of the more befuddling moves of the draft, honestly, is Washington was sitting there with Chris Olave on the board at 11, trades down, picks up an extra pick, and takes Jahan Dotson, who was, by most consensus, a tier below Olave. But given how they played it, I think it's clear that they preferred Dotson to Olave even one for one. So... It's one of those things where it may be waving a white flag on the signing of Curtis Samuel last year as a speed take take the top off a defense kind of receiver. Uh, They're going to have to have plans from day one. I think a lot of this is protecting them from the doomsday scenario of Terry McLaurin continuing to hold out. But Washington's a win now team. You know, Ron Rivera is not exactly a a sure bet to stay there. They have organizational issues from the top down. So they're going to need Dotson to fill a role right away. And it'll be interesting to see how he does.
1: Right. Um, Moving on to the 17th pick in the draft, the Los Angeles Chargers selected Boston College's Zion Johnson. Now, you had a chance to talk with Zion on the field on Wednesday.
0: What were your uh, first impressions? Uh, Zion and I had a good 15 minute talk, honestly, of uh, all the people we spoke with. I spoke the longest with Zion and I was unbelievably impressed with Zion's maturity. I know he's a. I mean, I believe he's 21, 22 years old, and I'm a 31-year-old man, and I felt he may have been more mature than I was. <laughs> he uh, He's a very analytical guy. He he actually expressed his desire to actually play center because the mental aspect of the game really challenges him in a way that he takes on. He's, a, he's, again, a freakishly athletic interior defensive lineman, offensive lineman, and he's the one who told me of the trend of defensive linemen and that guys like him are more coveted by the year. So he's someone who really knows his worth. He's coming into a great team. He, I'm sure he's honored to block for Justin Herbert and it, the chargers are going to be a fascinating team this year. And this is a day one starter who is going to improve them right away. And a guy that I love to be a pro bowler for decade plus. Uh, I think
1: one person to love him more than you is going to be Justin Herbert. So, I would say. And Austin Eckler. He's going to, he, he is a, he fills an important need. <clears throat> excuse me. In that offense. Certainly Eight, 18 Trey, uh, Traylon Burks, wide receiver from Arkansas. Um, I had him going to this Philadelphia Eagles here at 18, did not foresee the blockbuster trade uh, of uh, A.J. Brown to the Eagles. So the Eagles receive A.J. Brown. They trade away this 18th pick to the Titans along with a third rounder and then immediately turn around and give A.J. Brown four years, $100 million, $57 million of which is guaranteed. So they know what they're getting in A.J. Brown. Great complimentary piece uh, to uh, Devontae Smith, they have, they have their alpha. He does things that they just did not have in the passing game last year. A lot of underthrown balls by Jalen Hurts just were picked off, knocked down. Uh, those are plays that A.J. Brown makes. So he instantly upgrades the entire offense. Um, as as Jalen Hurts becomes, uh, you know, more, uh, more practiced, I guess. Last year was his first year as a starter, his first full training camp. You just got a sense of the entire efficiency of the offense. It's going to go, going to go better too. Young receivers, Smith, Watkins, now adding AJ Brown. It's an ascending offense. It's, I think we have, we have to kind of divorce ourselves of the idea of the Eagles are just run the ball; they don't pass at all. Too, this is now a much more dynamic offense, capable of doing great things. And by the way, they have a very good offensive line. So watch out for the Philadelphia Eagles offense. It's, it's. I don't think it's going to resemble what we saw last year. I think it's going to be uh, leveled up pretty significantly. I don't think they're going to be the, the Bengals or the rams but they should be much better um but Traylon burks is kind of that role that i expected the eagles to fill instead it's the titans that backfilled the, the aj brown uh selection with burks um who i had as the number one receiver on my board going and i also like gary wilson a lot i'm very high on him as my, as my wide receiver too but I, burks just has just the unique size speed ability run after catch ability uh he He's people are knocking him for speed, but he ran one of the fastest times in all college football last year on a in in week three on a play where he topped 21 miles an hour, I believe. Uh, So, and he's so much faster in pads than most other wide receivers. So, uh, I I foresee great things for him in Tennessee. Uh, Talk to us about what you think about Traylon Burks.
0: Yeah, this is uh, on the draft board alone. It's a fine pick, it's solid, but the context behind this really says a lot more here. Traylon Burks is going to have to walk in day one with a lot on his shoulders. He's going to have the whole fan base comparing him to A.J. Brown. And if he's not able to step into those shoes right away for a team that is a perennial title contender right now, it's going to be a difficult scene in Tennessee as uh, Traylon Burks will be expected to do a lot. But if he does, you know, this could be uh, your number one fantasy receiver coming into redraft leagues on the rookie scale, just due to the role, the massive hole that trading A.J. Brown made. There was actually a video of Mike Vrabel as they were making the pick, and you Mm -hmm. can see him jolt his head to the left in a way that you could tell. He was unsatisfied, but understanding that they had to make this move, and the gap in pay from what was reported was that the Titans were offering 16 mil, that A.J. Burke requested 22, and he ended up getting 25 for the Eagles. Although, like you said, 57% of that is guaranteed. Right. Um, I'll let you more speak to the Eagles side of things, but in my understanding, uh, it's just generally I would fade receivers and new offenses, especially ones with limited quarterbacks who can throw, limited throwing quarterbacks. But
1: oh uh, Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I totally agree with that concept in general that you have to be a little bit wary of receivers and new offenses and new, and new teams. Uh, I do know that uh, Jalen Hurts has been lobbying to get A.J. Brown for quite some time, that they are pretty tight. I do think that that camaraderie that they have is going to help kind of offset that, pretty significantly. Um, I will say this about Burks before you go back into Brown. Uh, Burks uh, basically is trying to, get, I think, in their minds, giving them what AJ Brown gave them at a much lower cap number to give them the flexibility to do do a few more things in the short and short and long term, which I get, I understand that. Um, and I, as as much as it seems like it's a ridiculously large contract for AJ Brown, what well, we have to understand is that they've locked them up for four years. Um, the wide receiver pay scale is ascending. It's, it's going it's crazy. It's skyrocketing. It's so they're getting in now while they can. The cap figure is going to go up every year. It generally does. The only time I think it went down recently was because of COVID, the COVID year. But that gen, that number usually goes up. So more money is going to be out there contractually for the team to use and spend. They've already set aside their piece for A.J. Brown. Uh, So that's something that they can keep in mind going down. The Eagles are also notorious for uh, reworking their uh, contracts, cap figures, converting things, assigning bonuses, doing amazing things with the cap. Howie Roseman is a a wizard with the cap in that way. So I I think that the Eagles know what they're doing there by giving him that money. So uh, going on to number 19, uh, that's Trevor Penny from Northern Iowa, offensive tackle. Uh, The Saints take this pick that used to belong to the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, the now the the saints uh, get a legitimate long-term starter in penning who was very very high on many boards. some a couple of analysts had him as as their top offensive tackle um, I don't know if that I'd go quite that far but okay. but the kid is
0: talented he's very very good um, when, when, anything else we want to add about penning uh, similar to you is a solid <laughs> pick here another guy a behemoth six seven three twenty one Trevor penning is going to be a day one starter for the saints and a building block. It's interesting that the Saints ended up trading all this capital to get Chris Olave and Trevor Penning. It's a, it's a bit of an endorsement of Jameis Winston. So it'll be interesting to see what they do over today, the second and third round, mm-hmm. if they end up plugging holes elsewhere. But a solid pick mm-hmm. in Penning. There's really other than his competition level, it's hard to really knock the guy. Right. The fact that Malik Willis is still on the board, that
1: Matt Corral is still on the board, uh, etc. After we're after day one, tells me that. That Jameis is going to be the starting quarterback in 2022. Period. The end, uh, and I agree with you on that. So I think what happens beyond that, we'll see. Um, but the curious thing is that when you trade your first round pick, you're doubling down on Jameis Winston, like you just said. So
0: in your first rounder next year. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. That's what I meant. The first round of next year. Yeah. In a 2023, in a very deep quarterback draft. Sure. So to your point, yeah, I think it, it is a ringing endorsement for for Winston. So I will be surprised. I expected the Saints to maybe address quarterback walking into this draft. If they, if they do it now, I'll be surprised. Uh, 20th pick speaking quarterbacks, Kenny Pickett finally becomes the first quarterback off the board here. Um, he, uh, uh, most, most people expect Malik Willis to be the first quarterback taken, but the Steelers had other ideas. And now you can measure the distance of uh, Pickett's move to his new location in feet instead of miles. He's just staying in the very same facility uh, where Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh Panthers played a lot of games. Um, so, uh, talk to us about Kenny Pickett. What you think? We all know about his small hands, right? That's, that made that made news. Uh, he definitely came out of nowhere uh, and had a a great senior season, uh, one for the ages. Um, kind of reminiscent of Joey Bur- uh, Joey Burrow, minus the national championship
0: with hand size as well. And that's one of those things mm-hmm. that seems like it was way over scrutinized during this process. Mm-hmm. If Joe Burrow can have the smallest hands in the draft, and then. Do what he did through his career. Let's not act like small hands are just positive to success in the NFL.
1: Sure, and he's not pressured to be a starter coming in with a capable, albeit mercurial NFL-caliber quarterback already there in Mitchell Trubisky, uh, who gives the uh, the young quarterback from Pitt uh, an opportunity to kind of learn. Uh, he won't be thrown to the wolves right away. He's going to be uh, inheriting an offense that features ascending talents in Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Penn State's Pat Fryermuth. So his uh, dynasty stock, no doubt gets a major lift from going to, to Pittsburgh uh, more so than it would be if
0: he ended up in a place like Carolina. Agreed. And of the quarterback prospects, I think this was the consensus high floor ready to start day one, if you need him to, and he won't have to. So Mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see how Pickett learns. He's more of a, he's got a lot of touch on his balls. He, uh, it'll be fascinating to see how this develops, but I'm sure Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh went to Pittsburgh now professional in Pittsburgh. It's a, It's a dream fit for both the team and the player.
1: Right. Um, Trent McDuffie uh, going 21st overall to the Kansas City Chiefs from Washington. Uh, This is a tremendous pick. Uh, It's a great value pick. It fills a need uh, that they have. Um, A lot of people had McDuffie going higher than that.
0: So um, talk to me about what you think about the pick. Yeah, McDuffie was a guy that some mocks had going as high as 11, almost top 10 range. But uh, I think a lot of the reason he fell is that he's really a zone-heavy cornerback. He's not a guy you want to jump into press man coverage with. So the chiefs run a heavy zone scheme and have for years. So he fills in there as a day one starter. And I like McDuffie. It it seems as if they got good value on him here and the chiefs need corners. Uh, I think we saw that with Jamar chase last year, burning them both in the playoffs and the regular season.
1: He's got great ball skills, great high football IQ. Just just a tremendous pick. Uh, I'm not sure what we said to say about the next pick here, the 22nd pick Green Bay Packers select Quay Walker, a uh, linebacker from Georgia. Um, no disrespect to the national champion, Quay, and I wish him all the best. It just seemed that the Packers had other needs that were more pressing and that there may have even been better players to uh, to fill the role that they're trying to uh, plug there with
0: Quay. Yeah, at linebacker specifically, Devin Lloyd, Nicobe Dean, a fellow Georgia seem to be consensus ahead of Quay Walker, but the Packers prioritize defense through this draft at the expense of their wide receiver core. Where right now, walking into day two, we have Alan Lazard as our number one receiver. And Aaron yes. Rodgers has to be fuming at home, as we know he tends to do. <laughs> so uh yeah, this seemed like a bit of a reach. Uh the Packers are very much a TBD on this draft, but as of now I'm Trending quite negative on the way they've handled themselves. Yeah, I kind of expect we've talked about this before. I have I'm higher on Christian Watson from North Dakota State than
1: others. He already wears green and green and yellow. (laughs) And I think he'd be a natural fit. And in that offense, Um, I think Sammy Watkins was a pretty sad attempt to try to backfill what uh, Devontae Adams brought to this offense. And I, as a Clemson uh, fan myself, I love Sammy Watkins, but he's he's no Devontae Adams. Uh, uh, I thought maybe Chris Alave could might, might go to Green Bay. He would be a great uh, a great fit there. Um, but we'll see. I think Christian Watson per, potentially could be a day two target for Green Bay. Um, amongst others, uh, Pickens is another one. George Pickens is, would be another great fit there. But I do expect him to do something here on day two uh, to address the wide receiver position. Sky Moore, another, another name to watch, was sent from uh, uh, Central Michigan there. Um, there. There was
0: talk of them trying to trade up for 32, specifically two draft Pickens. And having had the 22nd and 29th pick, seeing what was traded to get guys like Jameson Williams, it's it's a little shocking to see the Packers just sit there and wait on wide receiver when it's such a glaring need on a win-now team. So second round, let's hope they fill that hole in some way. All right.
1: <clears throat> Got a 23rd pick, Buffalo Bills, cornerback Kair Elam, Elam from uh, Florida. Uh, another pick that changed hands multiple times. Started out with the Arizona Cardinals, then the Baltimore Ravens, ended up in uh, in the hands of the Buffalo Bills. This was the pick that was traded for Hollywood Brown. Yes, it was. Um, this is this was an interesting pick because uh, you think you look at what Buffalo needs here. You need a corner Kyle Gordon. By the way, still on the board was there Andrew yeah. Booth was there still on the board also. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just a little bit of, a, of an interesting pick, but uh, he must be a good fit for what they want in their system, in their scheme,
0: a six, two corner, a uh, mm-hmm. rare physicality that you'd find at this position in the draft is a long physical guy. And the way Buffalo runs their defensive sets, being able to press on the outside with Kyir Elam and Tredavious white, oh, it's yeah. going to give them a lot of versatility to really get aggressive on some of these offensive sets. So I can understand the fit with Kairi Elam mm-hmm. here. And, uh, I like the pick from Buffalo. He really fits the personality right. of that defense.
1: And this speaks to kind of we we talked about this before that sometimes we look at a board and we just kind of rotely go down and say, "Oh, I have him higher on this board than this." So much of it is scheme fit. So much of it is what does the team need in a player? What do they need them to do inside the scheme? So uh, from that, they they know their board. They know what they need. So they went up and go, and they got their guy here. Twenty uh, fourth pick, Dallas Cowboys, Tyler Smith, offensive tackle to Tulsa. Now. Uh, if I'm Dak Prescott, I like this pick because uh, Dak Prescott lost two key offensive lines, Lyle Collins uh, to your Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, he, he lost, uh, it was a Connor Williams, uh, in addition to losing uh, Mark Cooper, Cedric Wilson. So the Cowboys had a lot of holes to fill here, uh, and they uh, chose a,
0: a very big player to fill one of, them, one of their
1: big holes in Tyler Smith.
0: Yeah, Tyler Smith's a real mauler. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. sure if he'll end up at right tackle or shifting inside, mm-hmm. but The Cowboys, after making this pick, Jerry Jones claimed that they had him ahead of both Trevor Penning and Zion Johnson, which was a little shocking to the rest of the scouting community. But uh, they got their guy, you know. (laughs) Uh, It'll be interesting to see how he fits Mm -hmm. in there. Now,
1: the fan ballot on NFL.com, when you look at this, the Cowboys fans were underwhelmed with the selection. Uh, 32% of them graded as a fair pick a grade level C. Uh, 16% gave them a D and 17% gave them an F. which means most fans, uh, two thirds of fans approximately, uh, thought this was a pick
0: that graded out as a C or lower. It now, sounds like as an Eagles fan, you enjoy kicking the Cowboys. Uh, when I wouldn't say that. But <laughs> no, I,
1: I, I actually, I think Tyler Smith could be a very nice player. Um, but uh, it's interesting to, to hear the valuations, to hear that they had him above uh, a player like Zion Johnson, a player like, uh, with a Canyon that can do so many different things so and so many positions uh, and play them at a
0: first round level. And only Jerry Jones would feel the need to say that when he didn't have a shot at either of them anyways. Yeah.
1: It's, it's kind of a tell where you feel like you have to, uh, yeah, totally. yeah, you Rejection. have to defend your, your, your pick where you have to show your work. And, and it's just, that's kind of a tell there, but 25th pick Baltimore Ravens, Tyler Linderbaum uh, from Iowa uh, was graded very, very highly. Uh, by many scouts Um, he's a terrific value here in the 20 in the 25th overall pick the ravens walking out of here with kyle uh, kyle hamilton and tyler lindenbaum you gotta
0: be happy with that if you're a baltimore ravens fan both super high floor players maybe some of the highest floors in the draft past aiden hutchinson honestly tyler lindenbaum was dominant maybe one of the most dominant college offensive linemen in recent memory the comparisons you see are jason kelsey you know some people would knock him for his, uh, arm size, but the guy performed at every step and can step in right now and be a starting center. I mean, I, I know there is some, uh, concern for the Ravens now after trading Hollywood Brown, that they didn't end up with a wide receiver out of this, but, uh, Tyler Lindebaum's going to be a starter from there for years to come. And someone that defenses will be hard pressed to get through.
1: Yeah. Let's go back to Hollywood Brown for a second and talk about that trade. So, um, He goes to the Arizona Cardinals. Now we noticed we we were listening to an interview uh, before we came on here uh, and he really kind of quietly behind the scenes kind of lobbied for this. Uh, He didn't go the route of taking things off of his social media or complaining openly in the press. He kind of did it all behind closed doors, uh, handled with class. uh, But he made his his frustrations known to the organization. The organization worked with him uh, and, and put him in the hands of. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals and then offense with Kyla Murray and uh, another mobile quarterback, but one that's definitely more open. One that definitely uh, is more suited to his skill sets. And the fact that he was so good and so productive uh, and so efficient
0: in that Baltimore Ravens offense, really the sky's limit for him in Arizona. I am, uh, I'm really buying Hollywood Brown in Arizona right now. I know we just spoke of fading receivers and new offenses, but the mitigating factors here from, Arizona being a pure air raid offense. Uh, I mean, other than the big 12, there's no one in the NFL. Um, scratch that. But uh, <laughs> the uh, For the NFL, having an air raid offense with Kyler Murray there, his college teammate, and they were very close in college too. So Kyler lobbied to get him there. Hollywood wanted to go there. Hollywood's been limited in a rush first offense in Baltimore. Also broke out last year, despite the mm-hmm. limitations of that offense. Mm-hmm. He's going to fill that Christian Kirk void and more. I think Hollywood Brown is a, I would say the biggest winner of the first day of the NFL draft from a fantasy perspective.
1: Wow. bold statement, but I, but it's, it's difficult to disagree. Um, Jermaine Johnson, 26. Wow. Joe Douglas, get your guy. Like, right. This was, this was impressive. The jets, you got to hand it to the New York jets for how they went about their business here. Uh, getting Jermaine Johnson, getting trading back up to get him at the 26th overall pick. Now, I did have him going later in the draft than most other analysts and most other uh, many draft scouts had. Uh, but I mean, if we talked about this and it wasn't a knock on Jermaine Johnson. It was just a knock. On, this is such a deep draft at edge that someone's going to drop. Uh, and I was just lucky enough to correctly guess that it was going to be Jermaine Johnson that fell. And and he fell to the Jets. Uh, the Florida State product uh, lands right in the lap uh, uh, laps of the Jets man, what a, what a tremendous talent. He was a wrecker uh, on, on defense in Florida State and uh, just tore up the
0: entire conference. Yeah. Joe Douglas came out after the draft and claimed that all three picks, including Jermaine Johnson, they had his top eight players. So to get three top eight players and get one of them at 26, really a shocking coup for the Jets. Uh, I think there is some concern to be had in the sense that the rest of the league just didn't seem to be as interested. I'm well, I'm not sure exactly what that is. Uh, he was a one-year performer. You know, he transferred from Georgia, was having trouble getting in the rotation at Georgia, and he didn't really have that great that great of a win rate on his pass rushes. He has some concerns about being too high around the edge, but uh, I, overall, he performed great in the in his one year there at Florida State. So. Jermaine Johnson, I think the Jets are ecstatic. I think a lot of people, and looking at Mel Kuyper's boards or any of the scouts' <laughs> boards, would see this as the greatest value pick of the draft. I would agree. And I think there is uh, some some caution to be said there in the sense that the rest of the league wasn't there, but time will tell on Jermaine Johnson. Congrats to the Jets, though. I think you won yesterday. Yeah,
1: I, I we look, look at the NFL.com current. Results and that seventy two percent of fans gave the Jets an A for that pick. That's wow. that's extremely high, one of the highest I think that's out there of, of any picks. So the very very popular pick and uh, amongst the fan base and and with with good reason. Twenty seventh, another defensive player going off the board, Devin Lloyd to Utah. Um, he was a great interview yesterday um, to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I, I I like this pick a lot. I think he's a tremendous value at twenty seven.
0: Likewise, uh, after jettisoning Miles Jack. They had a hole in the middle of that defense and Devin Lloyd should step in right away and be an above average starter with upside for more. He's athletic. He can cover. He really, uh, he he checks all the boxes at linebacker. And I, the only reason you have him at 27 is generally linebackers have been falling through the years, yeah. whether the p- position's being deprioritized or it's getting deeper, but this was the top linebacker. And I think everyone's bored aside yeah. from the green Bay Packers who took Quay Walker, but <laughs> Devin Lloyd is a great pick here at 27 uh, comparisons to Fred Warner, which says enough about his pass coverage.
1: Yeah. Speaking of checking boxes, a couple more draft day cliches we have to check off here that relate to Devin. He's high motor. Yeah. right? You uh, hear that all the time, same, right? A nose for the football. Yeah. Those are all draft day cliches, <laughs> but they apply. It. <laughs> right? uh, Devontae Wyatt, defensive tackle from Georgia to the green Bay Packers. Uh, this was, this is an interesting pick. Uh, I think he fell a little bit. Um, and we were talking about why that is. Um, he played right next to, uh, Jordan Davis, he played in a uh, right in front of a whole slew of talented players in that Georgia defense. Um, but uh, so we could, I guess we, first we were questioning,
0: how did this man fall in the 28th spot in the draft? Yeah, uh, Devontae White's a really interesting case here. Is, uh, a lot of people see him as a three technique, but he had 2.5 sacks last year. He's uh, freakishly athletic, similar to he ran a 4.77, which now you understand why people see him as a three technique. At 307 pounds and six three, he's a uh, he has the skill set to do it. I'm not sure if he really had the perfect role to fill that in at Georgia, just based on the depth they had on that defense. Mm-hmm. So I think there's upside here, but you know, significant downside too because the production for a three technique just wasn't there. He was more of a run stuffer at Georgia, an athletic one, albeit. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's he's someone who will likely have a changed role going into the NFL.
1: Yeah, and this this was a pick here where it was a bit of a head scratcher for me, where you just went defense. Uh, you have a glaring need at wide receiver and you could have taken George Pickens. You could have taken uh, Christian Watson. You could have taken sky Moore, You could have taken any number of players that may be a little lower on some people's boards. Uh, but it just seems like a, a need, but they know what they're doing. Um, they, they I have no doubt that they'll be addressing that with. A day
0: two pick and why it is a legit first round, bottom first round talent. So. And they doubled down on Georgia mm-hmm. defenders in this. And he sure did. I don't know how far you're going down the packing order, but they <laughs> may have gotten the fifth or sixth Georgia defender, both with first round picks. So if there is some mitigating factor to some of these Georgia defenders, we're holding up the other ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Packers could be uh, looking at a rough first round, but uh, an interesting set here with Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt. Interesting is is indeed. Um, uh, speaking, uh, of.
1: speaking of <laughs> interesting picks, they, the Patriots made a strange one, uh, literally a strange one. And they drafted Cole Strange, the uh, guard from Tennessee Chattanooga. Um, there's a very viral clip going around now of a uh, Super Bowl champion head coach, Sean McVay, uh, talking about Tennessee Chattanooga going in the first round and uh, making a off. Uh, Comment about how they were hoping that he might they might fall to him and pick 104, I believe it is. Yeah. And here they hear the Patriots make him a, a first round pick. Uh, but uh, a lot of analysts uh, had him as a late riser uh, that was pote- potentially a day two pick. To the Patriots' credit, this is the guy they wanted. They went up, they went out and got him. So this pick also changed hands a bunch of times: San Fran to Miami to Kansas City to New England.
0: Wow. Yeah, yeah uh, I'd say the most shocking pick of the first round. Uh... I would love to play armchair analyst and act like I know better than Bill <laughs> Gel- Belichick about football, but I think that would be a bad move for me in the yeah. long run. Uh, Cole Strange, he's a, he obviously has the mental, you know, the Patriots seem to get these guys through years where they're just workmen, interior offensive linemen. And I'm sure they'll be starting mm-hmm. him on day one and Cole Strange will have a fascinating career to follow. I would not bet against Bill Belichick, regardless of how much of a reach this may have. Been. Well, the
1: Patriots weren't the only one that liked
0: Cole Strange. Um, there were reports that uh, more than one
1: team uh, was high on him, than had done their homework on him, uh, and some have. I can't remember who off the top of my head. which I wrote down. Someone said I believe that,
0: Chicago had forty one and forty four, and we're looking at right yeah. There.
1: And some one of, and I might have been Chicago. I can't remember who it was uh, noted that he had one of the first quickest first steps of any offensive line they had ever seen, which is a bold a bold statement. Um, so, again, the Patriots do Patriots things. They take players that, uh, that aren't on the radar from other people, and those people end up being great players. So Strange but successful. Yeah, it would, would not, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, would, yeah, it would not be uh, out of their own possibility for this unpopular pick right now to turn out to be a great one in time. Uh, pick 30, George Karloftis from Purdue. The edge rusher goes to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, you got a chance to interact with George on the field uh, on Wednesday. Um, and uh, this is rather, widely regarded as a pretty solid pick. I think uh, um, the fan base was very happy to see George Carlathis fall here uh, to them. Uh, fills a, another need on defense. Talk to us more about uh, George Carlathis and your
0: impressions. Yeah, George was uh, a man of few words. You can tell he's very blue collar when in approaching his game. He, uh, he didn't really expound upon some of the questions that were posed to him. Even like when ones, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah certainly. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, he's got an interesting background. You know, he came over from Greece in eighth grade when he was 13 years old. He's a former water polo player. So he didn't really get into football. He said only because a couple of his buddies started it. Now, look at him as a first round pick. He's, a, he's an interesting guy who fell a little bit relative to where mock draft saw him going. I think a lot of that is just based on these freakish defensive linemen who come in running four fives where Karloftis is much more of a strength, still athletic. I wouldn't underestimate him there, but he doesn't have the freakish traits that a lot of the rest of these guys do. But Karloftis has been so consistently productive through his career at Purdue that everyone has compared him to Ryan Kerrigan through the years. And I think it's a high four pick. And I think he's going to make a difference for the chiefs right away.
1: Great. Yep. Daxton Hill, 31 overall from the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, uh I uh, pick that uh, terrific for the Cincinnati Bengals. Phil's a need. Uh, they need a defensive back. Hill was a guy that uh, a lot of people had going in the uh, early 20s. I actually had him mock at 20 overall. Um and, and so the Bengals, for them to be able to get him at 31, they've got to be happy with that.
0: Yeah, there were some reports before the draft that he may go ahead of Kyle Hamilton solely based on the versatility. Oh, yeah. This is a guy who could fit into any defense right away, whether you want him as your center field safety, more strong, attacking blitzing safety, a nickel. And yeah, some he teams, can cover. He yeah. can cover. Yeah. Some teams are saying he can play outside. Yep. So the Bengals, this is a need for them in the sense that Jesse Bates and Von Bell are up for contract extension after this year. And there's a bit of a debate as to whether they will extend Jesse Bates despite his talent. Mm-hmm. And Daxton Hill can fill so many roles on an immediate basis. Uh, he's a guy who fell in the draft. And as a Bengals fan, I'm ecstatic with Daxton Hill, despite him being a Michigan Wolverine, which really says a lot. <laughs>
1: Yeah. All right. Pick 32, uh, Lewis Seen, uh, safety from Georgia. Um, this was a, a bit of a head scratcher for me. Not, not an indictment of Seen as a player, just an indictment of who's making this pick and what they're doing with it. This is a situation where we expected that someone would, either the Lions would stay there and take a quarterback and have a fifth-year option on a, on a guy that they, that they uh, fell in love with. But the fact that they moved the pick um, was interesting. Um, and the fact that the person that uh, the team that acquired this pick did not use it for a quarterback uh, was also interesting to me. But I guess if you're if you're not loving this quarterback class and it's been it's been kind of uh, uh, panned, I guess, for quite some time uh, as the depth of the quarterback position. Why would you really want that fifth year option on the guy you're not that sure is going to be your answer for long term? So I guess it makes sense in retrospect uh, that this pick is used uh, in, in a different direction. Not the player that I would expect to go here, but here we are.
0: Yeah, Lewisine. I will say, as a prospect, uh, another freakishly athletic guy, 36.5 mm-hmm. vertical at the combine, and he hits like a truck. Yeah, he was. Uh, I'd say the strongest hitter of all the safety class. So he's going to add an element of physicality and intimidation to that Vikings defense. Yeah, there were a
1: lot of people in Philadelphia who were who were kind of angling for the Eagles to potentially get him as a, as an early second, late first, if they moved, if they traded down. So um, um, he, he, is, he is somebody that's, that's been turning heads, especially in, in recent weeks.
0: And independent of the pick and scene's profile, this is a bit of a baffling move for the Vikings yesterday in trading down from 12, yes. going down 20 spots, picking up 12 spots in the second round and picking up a third rounder. And it's been said that these teams use what's the, the trade value chart for draft picks. And that trade had the Vikings essentially throwing away the number two, 72 overall slot. So from a, cap, um, from a draft capital from, perspective. From a right? draft capital sure. perspective. Yeah, and yeah. they, it just doesn't make sense to have negotiated that much of a move down without really having much incentive to do it. That's the spot that the Lions came up and took Jameson Williams where you would have to envision that Kansas City, Green Bay, these teams that needed wide receivers, that not only do they not get value, but they got significant negative value on this trade. But I, I, you have to assume that Scene was their guy. And uh do, so... Yeah, I guess if they if they liked him for some reason more than Kyle Hamilton, they dra- they were able to trade down because
1: they had the opportunity to take Kyle Hamilton at twelve, passed on it, trade all the way down to thirty two to get seen. So it'll be an interesting pick. So seen, uh, uh, I think seen will have some uh, um, some motivation. Uh, I think people are going to be questioning him and his ability, and that's just board, bulletin board fodder for uh, for uh, for, a, for a professional football player like Louis seen. And that
0: wraps up the first
1: round and seen. Right, that's right. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been a lot of fun, and uh, we'll we'll get uh, into a more detailed, uh, all-encompassing uh, overview of the draft as we go on, uh, and we'll talk about our day two highlights uh, when the when day two is in the books. Good been right. fun. Absolutely.